You are tuning in to Red Zone Coffee Talk back with uh, recapping a another crazy week two. I am your host, Tim, and I'm with, here with my friend, Zach, Zach, uh, co-host here on Red Zone Coffee Talk. Um, and we are back to talk another week of football. And it was another it was another crazy week. I mean, NFL, I'll tell you what, the NFL football has not uh, this year has not disappointed. It's been lots of. I mean, I felt disappointed, but the games have still been good. Yeah, the uh, this was a – my heart legitimately uh, went into AFib several times uh, on, on week two. Uh, yeah. So just absolutely wild endings. And, and a week that honestly looked pretty boring on paper. Not a lot of exciting matchups. But it ended yeah. up being uh, one of the best uh, – my, my memory, one of the mo- best, most recent weeks of NFL football. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's get right into it and let's talk. Uh, let's talk some uh, MVPs and disappointments. So we'll start offensive MVP. Uh, Zach, who you want to who you want to call out? Who's your offensive MVP from week two? Well, y'all know that I'm uh, I'm I'm high on Tua. I'm a believer, mm-hmm. and uh, he balled out this week. He and did. It, you know, it took a little bit. It took the fourth quarter to really get him going, but that man threw six touchdowns, over 450 yards, led a 21 point comeback in the fourth quarter to beat the Ravens, and he was on it. Uh, the arm strength, like, you can still kind of see he doesn't necessarily get it down the field as far as Mahomes can, but he's so he's super accurate. Uh, and when you have burners that are just going to be wide open, uh, when you have a guy who's accurate in the red zone, that's just a good recipe for success. So uh, he was moving in the pocket well. Like, it was just fun to watch him uh, flash and, um, like, prove that he is legit, at least for right now. We don't know for sure, I guess, but yeah, uh, the Dolphins are two and zero, so they beat. They Buffalo, are, and now they're going to play Buffalo, which is pretty exciting. But Tua for yeah. sure is my offensive MVP. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think, and obviously, I mean, I think he's bolstered with Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill there. But I think, I think, I mean, if, if he has to have, he has to be something to have done that. You know, no one just shows up and does that. You know, that was a pretty, especially. I mean, then making that kind of a comeback. I mean, so I think Tua. I think I see a lot of pro. I mean. It was a great game, so I, I'm not going to say he's the goat, but I will say I see some promise, and I think I, I'll be excited for next week against the Bills to see two electric offenses go at it. You know, because mm-hmm. um, I don't think the Bills have played. I mean, in the first, I mean, they played the Rams, but week one, you're still trying to get into it, and the Rams' offense without Odell and without the run game, it just wasn't the same. Um, trying to get back into it, and I mean, obviously, the Titans don't have an electric offense at all. So I'll be excited to see how they how it goes with the Dolphins and the the Bills next week. Um, for me, I'm gonna go my boy Amon Ross St. Brown, who he had a, an amazing day. Uh, the, along the Detroit Lions get the dub, first dub of the season. They are one and one. Last year they didn't get a dub until like week I don't know 14 maybe. So they're on they're on the up and up. But he had nine catches for 116 yards and two touchdowns along with two rushes for 68 yards. So, I mean, the man was, the man was cooking. The, the man was cooking the commanders. So, uh, I mean, seeing that from a second-year guy is uh, pretty crazy to see. So, yeah, and especially when your quarterback's Jared Goff, who also looked really good. But, yeah, I think Amon Ra is going to be my, uh, my, my MVP from this week. Yeah, that Lions offense uh, looks legitimately good. They've scored 30 points in two straight weeks. Uh, yeah. And – have looked like an actually good team. So they're the, they're the second highest scoring offense in the league right now. That's absolutely crazy. 
behind behind the Buffalo Bills. Good company. Jared Goff, Josh Allen on the same playing field, really. Yeah. I mean, I think it is interesting to see that Jared Goff, like, with – I think Dan Campbell and just – I don't know, like, not being, like, not – because they could have moved on. They could have went and got a quarterback, but they've stuck with it. And, you know, maybe it's, like – and they decided instead to build with – get other solid pieces, you know, in Panay Suel, in Amon Ross St. Brown, in – um, you know, they got Mikel, uh, Mike, I think it's Michael Rodriguez there. Like they got, they built other ways instead of just trying to take a quarterback and it might pay off DeAndre Swift, you know, things like that. So now yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens, but all right, defensively, uh, defensively for me, I'm going to go Shaq Barrett this week. Um, I mean, the Buccaneers defense has just in general, I mean, they've, they've allowed, I'm pretty sure they have allowed the least amount of points in two weeks. I mean, they've allowed 13 points, I think. Um, or I don't know how many points. How many points did the? Not many. Hmm? Yeah, it's thirteen. They allowed ten this week and three last week. So I mean, their defense, the Buccaneers' defense, is solid. Um, yeah. So, but Shaq Barrett was a big part of that this week. He had five tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble. Um, so he was, yeah, he was all through. And he's obviously, I mean, he's probably their best defensive player behind, right along with you know. Antoine Winfield and Devin White, um, but yeah, so I'm going to go with Shaq Barrett this week, leading a uh, all-star defense right now. Good pick, yeah. The Bucks defense seems to be carrying them because that offense has looked uh, pretty cold so yeah, far. It's looking rough. <laughs> but uh, for me, now I told you one thing before we started, but then I realized Monday Night Football happened last night, and uh, Darius Slay uh, absolutely balled out for the Eagles. Uh, two picks covering oh, Justin. Uh, he locked Justin Jefferson down. Uh, Jefferson still had six catches, 48 yards, um, but like in the red zone, which just eliminated Kirk looked like primetime Kirk, uh, which we talked about last week. And uh, unfortunately it came, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think Kirk Cousins, I believe is two and 10 on Monday night football now. Dang. Which is, that's pretty bad. Uh, but Darius Slay looked like the Darius Slay of old uh, and he's been good, um, but he, he looked like prime Darius Slay and uh, played one-on-one with arguably the best receiver in the NFL, maybe besides Cooper Cup right now. And uh, he proved his worth as corner one for Philly. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the other quarterback at that game, I mean, Jalen Hurts was on fire too. But that, I mean, he's, yep. he's been balling out. But, yeah, that's good. All right, disappointments from this week. Oddly enough, both of our I, – I think if we had to pick one together, we're just going to – the AFC North in general had a rough weekend. It was but, It was tragic. The AFC North, yeah. So, which is like sad, but as Browns fans, also good because like, hey, you know, it wasn't just us. Like, we're all on the same playing field now, you know. So, um, which is fine. So, but let's talk uh, disappointments. Zach, you can go first. Who was your who was your biggest disappointment this weekend? Well, I'll leave uh, I'll leave our favorite for you. My, my okay. the disappointment for me again, AFC North, Baltimore. You're at 21 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, and just completely fell apart. That secondary was gassed. I mean, when you're covering Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Kill, by the end, you're just going to be exhausted. And they were already banged up coming in, and it was just evident by the end that they could not keep up with them. Uh, and Tua exposed them uh, for that and giving up 21 points. Uh, and usually what happens for the Ravens is Justin Tucker nails that field goal. I think there was like a minute 20 left. He puts them up three. And the defense could not stop Miami again. And they went down and scored a touchdown to win the game. So, yeah, Baltimore secondary already uh, is looking rough injury-wise. But uh, they they could not keep up 
with Miami's offense. And that that looks like it might be a problem going forward. There's some high-powered offense yeah. in the AFC, and if they can't keep up with those receivers that are going burning down the field, uh, then they're in for a long season. Yeah. I mean, and you know, when it comes to the Ra- – another thing I think for the Ravens is the fact that when you're in a game like that, you're up 21 points. What As a coach, what's your game plan then? You're going to run the ball, right? Right. Okay, so Lamar Jackson had nine rushes, 119 yards in the game. Behind him, the next – they're running just, – Justice Justice Hill had 16 yards on three carries. Kenyon Drake had eight yards on six carries. Mike Davis had four yards so that, on five carries. So, altogether, that's uh, 15 carries – and they only and they got twenty eight yards out of them. That's I mean that's a big like if you cannot run the ball, you know. Which it's funny to think that we're talking about the Ravens not being able to run the ball because that's what we all thought that that's what we thought they were only going to do. Um, and so it's I mean a testament I guess to Lamar can pass the ball, but still like yeah like you if you're up twenty one, you should and you can run the ball you should be fine. But there must be something wrong with that run game. Um, because obviously Lamar isn't can't if Lamar rush for 119 yards doesn't do it then you need some running backs to do something you know so they'll be they'll be happy when JK comes back yeah they may stop this big time and it's some of it might be the offensive line like trying to play together yeah but they, yeah they need a running back who can make plays for himself yeah and they don't have that right now so yep all right, well, let's just get it out of the way. Uh, my big disappointment and all of our disappointments here in Ohio is the Cleveland Browns. Um, the Browns, we were up, what, 13 with about a minute and a half to go? Yeah. Yeah. Jets had no timeouts. Yeah, Jets had no timeouts, and we're up 13 points with about um, like under two minutes to go. Jets had no timeouts. Joe Flacco turns into primetime Joe Flacco, like at Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. Dice us up. Our defense can't get a stop. Joe Woods looks like he's in a blender, and we lose. The Jets score with with uh, minimal time left, and then Jacoby Brissett uh, throws a pick, and that's it. And we lose to the Jets 31-30, to which is rough, you know, when – you know, another way, blowing a lead. Um, and as the Browns, you cannot be doing that. Especially if you have dreams of, you know, stardom. Um, because what sucks is that you would, like, right now the Browns are waiting for Deshaun Watson to get back. But Deshaun Watson, if the defense can't function, Deshaun Watson is not going to save them, you know. Right. So right. He plays well. He played well yesterday. Yeah. And that, that pick. I mean, he forced it, but still, outside of that, he didn't make any mistakes. So he, he and the offense, like the offense, played well. And you know, Nick Chubb says, you know, yeah, he probably, you know, he probably should have went down. Like I get that, but that doesn't change. Like I get it. Like people, are like he should have went down. It's like yes, okay, I get that. But you're also at that point, you're up 13 points under two minutes. Like you should be able to get like you if you're at a point where you can't rely on your defense to do to get a stop there, then. I think that's saying, okay, that's something wrong with the defense. You know, it's one thing if it's like you're up by three and there's like a little bit of time left, you know. Um, But if it's like, man, we're up two scores and there's like under two minutes left, I'm going to trust, I think, putting some trust in defense. I get that. So, yeah. Um, 
it's uh, it's it's interesting. I'll be interested to see how the Browns defense responds and how much longer Joe Woods has a job. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know what's going to happen there. Apparently, the Browns had a players-only meeting today, which is uh, usually those are not a, a good sign, uh, especially in week two. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, Joe Woods. I mean, you, you even looked at the Carolina game, like. Lone coverages just seem to be the repeated pattern for us. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's frustrating when they come in big moments. Like Carolina got back in the game last week because we blew coverage and left Robbie Anderson wide open. Yeah. Uh, and then this week, obviously, Corey Davis. And it's frustrating. Like these are against subpar quarterbacks, Baker yeah. and Flacco. So if you're telling me that we can't, like, I mean, what's going to happen when we play? any quarterback who's actually worth two cents, like, we've been in these games. Yeah. No chance. Like, in the middle of the season, when we play, like, above 500 teams, uh, we are absolutely screwed because yeah. And yeah. right now is not worth anything. They play well other than the blown coverages, but those yeah. absolutely sink them. Yeah, and I, and I don't – I know there's somebody who's like, oh, you can't – like, everything just blames the coach. And I – like – Blown coverages do happen, but in the NFL with this with professionals, the reality is blown coverages will happen. But when they're happening consistently, that tells me either a the player needs to be benched, the, but they're not like they didn't bench anyone. So that tells me is that it's not the player's fault. That there's something on the on the coach that is that is either a wrong call or I don't really know. But yeah, I think something is happening with yep. the play calling. So. Yep, we'll see what happens. But nasty, yeah. But all right, well, uh, that's uh, our MVPs and disappointments from week one or week two. Um, like we said, I mean, crazy week. Uh, we'll we'll keep that up. And we'll see see who shows up for week three. Um, and th- today we have a uh, we're gonna do something a little different. Instead of just storylines, we're gonna do some overreactions and underreactions, uh, or we'll, we'll call it overreaction, underreaction, or reality. Okay, so um, well, one of us will pitch a a statement and we can talk about whether it's an overreaction, an underreaction or uh, it's statement of reality. Um, But before we get into that, I have a quick segment that we need to do, and it's called Tim's Conspiracy Theory Corner. Okay, Uh, so welcome to Tim's Conspiracy Theory Corner. Uh, Here's my conspiracy theory, Zach. And I don't know where you're at in this, but here's what I'm going to say. there is a part of me that thinks Trey Lance's injury was an inside job. You, hmm. I mean, you texted me about this. Yes. Let me, let me, you keep talking, explain your reasoning, and I'm going to look up the tape and I'm going to look at this injury. Okay. So here's why I'm thinking this. And it's not, it's not even anything about the injury itself, but the circumstances surrounding everything. Okay. You have Trey Lance, you know, they're like, Oh, we're giving him like, it's his team. Now it's his team, you know? So they've made that statement, right? When, as a team, when you make that statement, you don't want to recant on that. And also like your fan base wants that, but maybe you're Kyle Shanahan and maybe you're like, listen, this can't be Trey's team. He's not ready, but we've already said this and the fan base wants it to be his team. So, what they do is they say, oh, it's Trey's team, and they make it seem like it. And then they say, hey, we're going to bring back Jimmy G. We're going to – we're not going to trade him. We're going to resign and make him a high-paid backup so he's still here, you know, which we already talked about. We were like, okay, that's interesting. Why would you do that? Maybe you don't trust Trey Lance. Or 
maybe they're playing. And then after week one, you're like, dude, Trey did not play well. And yeah, there were circumstances, but maybe Kyle Shanahan is like, this is Jimmy G's team. If we're going to succeed, it's going to be with Jimmy G. So then the only way to get Jimmy G on the field without making the fans angry and making a decision was that making a force thing where Trey Lance gets injured, just so happens to be out for the year. And what do you know? The backup that comes in is Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I, I admire the conspiracy theory. And if it wasn't, if it was like an offensive lineman rolled up on him, yeah, I'd be a little convinced. But as I look at the tape, it's just straight Seahawks player. So unless we're talking like self-inflicted bounty gate, uh, that'd be a hard sell for me. I do think Shanahan is not feeling Trey Lance, uh, but it's also early. Like this happened in the first quarter, and they're up three nothing. So yeah, and I think it's hard hard to tell. The awkward part is going to be. I saw a report today that Trey Lance, the doctors are saying that he should be ready to go by the end of the season, like before the season ends. Uh, which is going to be really awkward in week 14, 15. Let's say the Niners are in playoff contention. Uh, what does Shanahan do? Uh, yeah. That will really sh- kind of be a good uh, a test for him as to whether or not he believes in Lance to, to lead the team yeah. matters. Yeah. And in all reality, I don't actually think it was an inside job. If you didn't catch this was a joke, you're welcome. No, Tim, no, no. See, Tim, is he wrote a 10-page essay on this. So don't <laughs> yeah, let, no. Don't let him convince you. But what? But I. It is crazy the circumstances surrounding this. You know, just that like we're like okay, they resign him and like now he is getting to start because of, like it's just so crazy that it all happened. It's like like it seems like such a coincidence, and it's just like how did this happen? You know, but this is the one time uh, that paying a backup quarterback starter money has worked out. Yeah, I mean, ever that's crazy. Yeah. But, all right, well, that was Conspiracy Theory Corner. We'll see. If there are other instances throughout the season, maybe Conspiracy Theory Corner will return. But Wait, wait I have a conspiracy theory. Oh, oh, okay. We're going back to a different Conspiracy Theory Corner. This is Conspiracy Theory Corner with Zach. It's in a different corner. Not the same corner, different corner. Different corner. Okay, uh, go for it. Tim, did you hear about Dan Orvlosky's, uh slip-up? Last night. No, what I, I saw like uh, tweets and stuff about it, but I didn't hear what actually happened. So good old Dan Orvlosky in the pregame. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's let out a sneeze and, <laughs> and subsequently rips one uh, on air. And then there's like a five-second pause. And then he just keeps going. Uh, so he, he got a little gassy. Uh, my conspiracy theory – is that uh, is that Fox is angry that ESPN took Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, so they slipped a little something something in Orlovsky's water, <laughs> make him a little gassy, and get ESPN looking like a bunch of fools on Monday Night Football. That's my conspiracy theory. That's yeah, I think that's good. I think I'll add on to that another conspiracy theory, and my other conspiracy theory is that. On top of that, that that happened, and Dan, knowing he was going to fart, tried to sneeze to cover it up, and it didn't work at all. <laughs> uh, I think Dan, I think Dan Orlovsky was like, "I'm going to fart, and there's nothing I can do about it. But if I sneeze, maybe it'll stop." And he went at you, like, and it was like, "Oh wow, that did not like, you know, cover it up at all. If anything, it just drew more attention to it." If you haven't heard that clip, you need to do yourself a favor and go. Fart. Yeah. 
Yes, look up Dan Orlovsky, Dan Orlovsky sneeze fart, and it'll be the first thing you find. <laughs> but yeah, well, this has been Conspiracy Theory Corner with Zach and my own corner. Um, so maybe we'll come back to our respective corners at some point with more NFL conspiracy theories. But for now, we're going to transition to overreaction, underreaction, or reality. Uh, so as I said before, Zach and I have some statements that we've come up about different teams or players that we're going to bring forth. And we'll talk about, man, is that an overreaction? Is it an underreaction? Or is it about the statement of reality? So, uh, Zach, would you like to start with the first uh, first one? Yeah, I'm going to hit you with it. Uh, okay. this, this one's twofold. So you can you can overreact, underreact, or properly react to either or. Okay. Both. So uh, here it is. The Philadelphia Eagles – are the best team in the NFC, and Jalen Hurts is the front runner for MVP. Oh, or front runner of MVP in the NFC. I think Josh Allen is the front runner right now. I think that's yeah. Um, man, dude, I, I think I'm gonna say overreaction on best team in the NFC Um, because it's just, I think it's hard to tell at this point. Um, And in all reality, the, the Eagles have played who they played the Vikings and uh, who they play in week lions, lions. Okay. And their defense is not like the defenses they played are not insane defenses, you know, um, so I think I want to see, cause let's see Eagles schedule. I mean, coming up, they play the commanders, the Jaguars, I mean, Cardinals, Cowboys. I mean, okay. Like they, their schedule is not tough, which is actually kind of crazy. Um, dang, I, I'll be interested to see what happens when they play maybe a stronger defense. Um, you know, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, it's very – I'm going to say overreaction, but it it's close to reality. I'll still say it's an overreaction for now. Jalen Hurts being mm, – in the NFC being the top – like like you're saying, he if from the NFC he's front runner for MVP. Yes. Yep. Mm. I mean, dude, that's tough. I don't know. I mean – if I'm being honest, I I think you could argue that Carson Wentz is the best quarterback in the NFC right now. Well, best quarterback, I think it's a different debate. Well, my opinion, because I think Washington uh, lost to the Lions, and I think wins and losses I think end up mattering significantly in MVP conversation. Well, I don't know. I I don't know, but I feel like if someone wins MVP, but he's not the best quarterback in his division in his conference. Like, then it's like, okay, like, usually if a quarterback wins MVP, he is the best quarterback in the league, you know. I think right now, I think Carson – because part of the reason – yeah, I mean, Hurts, Paddock, but he also – I mean, their defense held the the team to the seven points. You know, they put up 24 points, which is good. But, I mean, Carson Wentz has thrown seven touchdowns, only three interceptions, and is 650 yards. So, I think – I think it's hard right now to say, but I'm going to say overreaction about him 
hurts me in that because I think I think right now I would I would say Carson Wentz might be it because of how he's played. But all right, I respect it. Good thoughts. Yeah. Now again, I don't think Carson Wentz will win it. I Jalen Hurts could if he keeps this up. I could very much see it, especially against some bigger. I mean, it's hard to say bigger rivals because the Vikings, I thought, were legit too, and maybe they still are. But it will be interesting because the Eagles, I mean, I was just looking. You mentioned, like, if you look at their schedule, dude. So the Eagles play – hold on. Let me go back. Uh, so the Eagles, they have the Commanders next week, which that might answer it for us. If we're talking, you know, commanders have a pretty solid defense. Big revenge game. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Jaguars, Cardinals, Cowboys, Steelers. That the Steelers will be a good one because the Steelers defense is pretty is very strong. So um then you have Texans, Commanders, Colts, Packers. I mean, they wow. The I'm gonna tell you the, the Eagles seems like they have a very easy schedule and could I mean, could easily end up in a double-digit win season. That would be that'd be nuts. Yeah, that would be crazy. I think but, it for sure. Yeah. All right, my turn. My turn. Um, let's see. All right, let's see what you think. Um, I'm gonna say Saquon Barkley is a shoe in for the Comeback Player of the Year award. Uh, I think that's the right reaction. Uh, yeah. I, I think outside of him, I'm trying to think there was someone else that came to mind and they're obvious and I'm just forgetting. I mean, Carson Wentz probably might be one. Well, Wentz was never hurt. He just uh, – Is it just about hurt or is it about like having an off year and also – I think it's probably- mo- I think if there is not a big injury, then it might be that. But usually yeah. it's a big injury. Um, um, try- Derek Henry maybe? If, yeah, that's well, right. That's right, Henry. But I mean, Henry was terrible last night. The the Titans looked like a trash. Yeah. Movie. So I think Saquon. I mean, he didn't have a great week this week, um, but I think he'll bounce back. And because he's such a versatile weapon, like if he's the top runner, so I yeah. think that's a proper reaction. Yeah, and I mean, he's still he still is leading the league in rushing right now. Yeah, which is which is crazy. He had a phenomenal week one, and I think Brian Dable. Knows what he's doing offensively. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think I, I, I said that and I was like, I think this is pretty close to reality. I think he, I mean, he won. I mean, there's only so many options for comeback player of the year. Um, but yeah. All right. You're up. What's your next one? Uh, next one. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Here's a good one. I'm a fan of this. Uh, J- given the offensive line problems, is going to want out of Cincinnati before he gets a contract extension. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk like, – Joe Burrow, I mean, let's see. So, this past week – or not this past – let's just see. How many times has Joe Burrow been sacked in two weeks? I I'm think find it's like 13. Let's find out. Joe Burrow. So far, Joe Burrow's been sacked 13 times in two weeks. This past week, it was against the Cowboys. 
six times. So that means it was seven again. I mean, that's like, oh man, dude. I, if I was him, I would. As much as I'm about loyalty, but like, dude, if they're like, like, because for longevity, like he is, he could be a superstar at quarterback. But if he's always, if he keeps getting sacked and injured, he's just going to turn into Colt McCoy, you know? And I'm not saying Colt McCoy is the greatest quarterback ever, but Colt McCoy probably would have had a much better career if he wasn't, didn't get sacked a million times in his rookie year, you know? Right. And so I, I don't know. It's, I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with that. This is close to reality. And, and again, he has, he has talked about, being committed to Cincinnati, but so is everyone. I mean, Russell Wilson has was talking about how much he loves Seattle. Now he's in Denver. It, things happen, you know. And if I think there will come a point when, you know, it, it'll either have to be one they're going to have to give him a massive contract, you know, because I think I think what you also realize is with the contract situation, if I'm Joe Burrow, if they don't give me a you know massive like fully guaranteed contract someone else will so why if they're not going to do it why stay where i'm going to keep getting sacked over and over again when i go to a place that might actually protect me at quarterback and will pay me the money that i deserve you know yeah i definitely think that burrow might end up forcing his way out like it hasn't gotten better they invested in the o-line and it has not improved no i think he knows like his health is his money. And so if he can't, if this acts keep happening, he gets injured. Like his career is potentially down the hole. Yeah. And I mean, that, I mean, you even see with Dak, like Dak keeps getting injured and, and like every time he comes back, he's good, but he's not the same. And so, yeah, I think more, I, I wouldn't be surprised about that. I'm going to say close to reality, which is interesting because I mean, he was just in a Super Bowl with them, but like, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I, but yeah, I mean, the the Bengals need to figure something out, figure something out on the offense of line right now. But all right, my turn. This this is a good one. This is one of my favorite ones. You ready? I'm ready. Cooper Rush is the future of Dallas Cowboys football. Oh baby, the future. The future. Hmm. Cooper Rush, 19 of 31, 235 yards and a passing touchdown. And gets the win against the reigning Super Bowl runner-ups. I'm going to say overreaction. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I do think, like, he looked good. Uh, I didn't watch the game. So, his stat line looked good. I guess I can't say that whether or not he looked great in the game. But uh, – I will hold to the theory of backup quarterbacks always have that one game that makes them look <laughs> like a starter. And Geno Smith showed that last week was that game. This week he stunk. I think Cooper Rush has that one game in him. I think he'll be solid. Like he has good weapons around him. Um, and so I think, like, I don't think he'll look incompetent. Yeah. But I certainly, yeah, I think they, the Cowboys know what they have in him and he's already paid Dak. So. I yeah. definitely say overreaction, but I do think he could earn himself a fat contract as a backup uh, somewhere else when he hits free agency. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, no, I think it's an overreaction too. I just thought it was funny because we were talking about who's going to play quarterback. So, so boy, I think it does say is I, I don't think they're going to add anyone else. I think they're just going to stick with Cooper Rush at this point, unless, you know, there's a, a crazy breakdown um, in, in the offense. But what's crazy about that is with Cooper, I mean, Noah Brown led the way in receiving yards. Um, yeah. with, you know, five catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. And so Jerry Jones a- got his name wrong on the radio. So. Really? What did he? What did Jerry Jones call him? Gary Jones called him. Uh, oh gosh, in my mind, it was he meant to. He said said. I think Jones, who's not on the team anymore. Uh, let's see. What did he say? Oh, he said Noah Wilson. Oh gosh, instead uh, of Cedric Wilson. Yeah. So Jerry Jones. Yes, he led last week too in receiving. I didn't realize that. So as right now, he's the leading receiver. I mean, he yeah. So. Picked up Noah Brown. If he's still in the free agency market in your fantasy league, go pick him up because right now he looks like to be the. I'm pretty sure. Isn't he a Buckeye? Uh, yeah. Sorry, I do cut out for a second. Yeah, he's a Buckeye. He's been in the league for like at least, I think this is at least year three. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, you know what? Before we go on to the next overreaction, I need, I do need, I forgot to make this statement earlier. So. Um, Zach, you know about this. Some of you listeners know, um, but I have been doing something on Madden called Kurt Benkert season, which is great. And I love Kurt. Kurt Benkert has officially been signed to a, a team. He is on the 49ers right now. So I am, I, my, I, I never want to wish injury upon anybody, but maybe Jimmy G gets hurt too. And Kurt Benkert takes over. Who knows? Um, no, that I just, would but, be huge. Well, isn't he behind Brock Purdy? Uh, he might be, yeah. But Kurt Benkert will beat him out. Kurt's better. All right, whatever you say. Hey, man, I hope it works out uh, yeah. for you and Kirk. So, yeah. But I, it was funny. I was talking to, I was texting my buddy, uh, my buddy Braxton about like the 49ers and Trey Lance getting hurt, and I was like, maybe it's an inside job. And he texted me. He's like, dude, they should sign Kurt Benkert. I was like, they should. I go on Instagram the next day today and i see i follow kurt benker and he posts on a story that he got signed and i'm like dude i just spoke this into existence it's like it's like the movie of bedtime stories bro with adam sandler i'm, <laughs> I'm i think you're in the wrong business dude i need to yeah um i need to go i guess but in the movie it's the little kids that say it and it was me so maybe i'm i'm speak. i don't know you can just be a psychic yeah, maybe, but I feel like if I'm a psychic, I'm only a psychic for what happens in the life of Kurt Benker and nothing else. Mm, okay. So it's kind of useless. Yeah, but maybe is. there's a really niche crowd out there that would pay money to know about Kurt Benker. So I'll think about it. Uh, All right. I wish you the best. Do you have any more? I have a couple more overreactions. Yeah. I don't know how many you have. Yeah, you're good. You go for another one. I've got I've got at least uh, one or two more. Okay. Uh, hmm. Which one first? All right, I'm going to save what I think is the most intriguing one for last. So, uh, Kevin Stefanski is on the hot seat. Ooh. Mm. I'm going to say overreaction. Um, I don't think he's on the hot seat yet. Could he be? Possibly. Um. I don't think he has done a, a, a horrible job. I, I've enjoyed him as the Browns coach, and I think he's a good coach. 
but the Browns also are notorious. We have had a very, very short leash on coaches. We do not give much grace, except for Hugh Jackson, I guess. But yeah. um, outside of that, like, I mean, you think about we had Chudzinski, a year gone. Mike Pettin, year gone. Freddie Kitchens, a year gone. You know, like, um, we, I mean, uh, like, we did not give much grace. And so with the promise of everything, if it doesn't pan out, it could happen. I would be, it would be unfortunate because I think we, I think he's a very good coach and I think he leads well. And so I think we like, that's a big thing for me when I, when I look at a coach, um, you know, like a Dan Campbell style, like he leads well, he doesn't have to be, you know, the greatest offensive mind or the greatest, you know, play calling mind. I think if he's a good leader and I think Stepanski is, so it would suck, but I'm going to say overreaction for now, but it wouldn't surprise me if come end of the season and the Browns don't meet expectations if Haslam decides to move on, and which would be, I think, dumb, but I could see it. Yeah, I, I agree that it's overreaction. I don't think Stefanski is on the hot seat yet, but I definitely do think that this season, I think this season does have to, even without Watson, we have to look like a competent team. And right now I'd say we don't. So I think that I think he'll turn it around, uh, but changes do have to be made somewhere in the game plan, or maybe it's Joe Woods, whatever it might be, because uh, team's not looking uh, phenomenal at this present. Yeah. So, all right, you ready for mine? Hit me, brother. The Titans are going to miss the playoffs, and I'm going to add on to this and say, and they're going to be in the bottom half of the AFC South, so either third or fourth? Um, I actually think that's – I'm going to say overreaction. I do think they'll miss the playoffs. Okay. And I think there is a good chance that they do finish third or fourth in the South. The problem is uh, Jacksonville or um, Houston would have to finish above them. And I am very – I mean, I'm high on Houston – uh, I think they're a lot better than people give them credit for. I'm also like relatively high on Jacksonville. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that's that far off. I think in a couple more weeks, I probably, you know, I think we'll know more. I think that'll lead us to be more comfortable to lead one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think they'll miss the playoffs for sure. And yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where, where I'm at there. Yeah. I, they've looked rough. Um, Derek Henry has not been as dominant as, he has as he normally is i mean at least they've at least the only promising thing is their rookie receivers Traylon burks and kyle phillips have shown promise which is nice um but yeah so i'm i'm gonna be interested to see what happens um the other but the other on top of that my other question is okay how long or at what point are you gonna let malik play Dude, that was going to be one of my – I was going to say Ryan Tannehill is going to get benched by the end of the season. Oh, wow. Um, That's why I, I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah. Let's see. So they – right now, they have a bye week in week six. Okay. Yep. I think – and they here's who they, they play the Raiders, the Colts, the and the Commanders before that. I think it's – I don't know if they'll be 0-5 at that point. But if they are 1-4 or 0-5 at that point, 
I think coming, I think that Malik Willis will start against the Colts on the in Week Seven. Yeah. Uh, here's a yeah. question: If what? they move on, if they move on from Tannehill, let's say do you do you think moving on from Tannehill means they're going into rebuild mode? <sighs> I don't, I don't know if it means they're going into rebuild, because I think, I think a lot of the pieces are still there, um, because they still have the receiver. I mean, Phillips and Burks are their top receivers, and they've been good, so that's good. I mean, Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry, so you you're not going to just get rid of him. Um, I don't know. I think, I guess it would kind of be how if how Malik turns out you know if it turns out like man he's like he's got a lot of development and we're still we're rebuilding then maybe they are but I don't know I I guess the question is let's say it does mean they're in rebuild mode what does that mean for them you know does that mean they're gonna you think they you get you offload Derrick Henry and try and just start over or I I do think I think they would move on from Derrick Henry if, if that's what it came down to to get I think you can get at least, I think a first-round pick in the draft from a contending team uh, this yeah. next year, which he'll be 29. And, um, yeah, I would agree. If Willis doesn't look like he's ready to step in and be, like, a legitimate starter day one, I think you kind of have to move on from Henry because he's going to leave his prime really quick. And he's just not – you're not going to get the best use out of him if your quarterback play is subpar. Like, last night, he, I think he had what well, he had, like, less than 30 yards. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be. Yeah, you're. It's more. He's of more worth to you being traded than he would be if he stays on the team at that point. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, another option is if you're the Titans, is maybe finding a way to trade for someone. I don't. I don't know who. Um. You know, or if there's someone like, are there any? any big name quarterbacks who are going to be in the market this upcoming season? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. I don't. Because, like, you know, maybe you – I think you could – I think rebuild mode would be initiated in the offseason if they couldn't get another quarterback. Because here's what I'll say. If I'm the Titans – and let's say, you know, I'm okay. Like you're like, okay, we got to move on from Tannehill. We need something else. I think before you go into rebuild mode, I think you see if you can't get one of those guys. Like let's say Lamar doesn't sign that extension, you know, and um, like is willing to go into free agency. Like maybe you bring Lamar Jackson down. Um, maybe Joe Burrow. Maybe he like doesn't like end up signing. You know, like a guy like that. Um, you know, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe do you try Jimmy G? Like, do you say, hey, like, um, maybe Jimmy G is someone you could bring over if if the 49ers are willing to move on from after this year. Um, you know, I, I, I don't really know. I think I wouldn't be surprised if you see them take a swing at someone else who could start now because they do have the potential to win now. And so it would be a shame to just start over. But unless you can get a guy like that at quarterback, you almost have to start over, you know? Right. So it'll be interesting to watch as the season goes on. Yeah, it will be. It'll be very interesting to watch. 
So, all right, I got how many more? You have any more? I've got, got one, one more. Okay, I've got one more too. So I'll do mine and then yours, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll go to our picks. So, all right, the Lions have a top five offense in the NFL. Oh, uh, I'd say overreaction. Okay, I think top ten. I would I'd stick with that. I can rock with it. Top five. I mean, we're talking right now. I'd I'd say Chargers, Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, uh, and and I'm trying to those just came into my mind. And then Dolphins. Or I mean, Rays. statistically, statistically they do. They do. Yes. Like so, if, statistically yes. But in terms of, do I think it can be sustained and thus they'll actually be top five? No, I do not. Okay. Reaction. Uh, but I also, my last one involves the Lions. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I think statistically, I, th- I mean, they are. I, I think it's a reaction because I, because the problem is it's, it's one thing to have, you know, a really good offense, but it's when you're doing it in a shootout, you know, cause they've, I mean, in the past two weeks they've scored, uh, let's see. They've scored 35 and a half points, um, but they've allowed 32 and a half. So they're tied for second in points scored, averaging 30 half, 35 and a half per week. But they're tied for last, or they're 31st in the league for how many points they allow. So it's almost like, you know, they, at some point, there's going to be a team who can probably stifle your offense. And then it's just, they're going to look really bad. You know, right now right. they look good because they're, they're in shoot it shootouts, you know, but um, yeah. So I just thought that was a very interesting fact to see. Um, I mean, from this past week when the fact that the lions, I mean, won, but that, I mean, Jared Goff, like prime Jared Goff, if that was a thing, threw a six yards and four touchdowns. Amon Ross St. Brown was on another level. Um, so was DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift had 56 rushing yards and 31 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Josh Reynolds, you know, 38 yards and a touchdown. So what is very interesting, I think, about their team is the fact that uh, – um, oh, no. Oh, yeah, that um, – what was I going to say? When they lost Kenny Galladay, I was like, dang, dude, that was dumb. But if anything, it's actually been pretty good for them because they've gotten – I mean, I think – Kenny Dalda has done nothing with the Giants, and now they're the offense with the the, the Lions has, has grown a lot. So, but. yeah, I, I think. Uh, well, here's my my follow up. Then, uh, are the Lions a playoff team? Man, dude, um, I would love. To. Oh, I think your mic, uh, you bumped it and they kind of cut out. Oh, sorry. I, I, I would love to say they, they are. I would love to. But you look at the NFC, or yeah, the NFC. So they're, they're, the ways for them to make the playoffs is either they have to win their division or make a wild card. Okay. So in their division alone, they have to play the Vikings and the Packers. I think we saw the Packers this week. The Packers are kind of back. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. And the Lions defense hasn't given me enough. 
Like they've played well, but they're allowing a lot of points. And at some point, if your offense can't keep up, your defense has to supplement that. And so in that division, I think the division they're in there, it's a hard place to have a bad defense because the Packers and the Vikings will, will take full advantage of that. I mean, Justin Jefferson will run wild um, and Aaron Rodgers will dot you up. So that I, I don't think they'll win the NFC North. But then what you have is, you know, then you're saying, okay, you're going to tell, like, then you're saying that they're better than three, because it's what, there's the top four teams and then three other teams, right? Right. You know, so, like, you know, because you have, you still have the Saints, 49ers, Rams, Cardinals, and maybe even the Giants. I don't know. Like, you know, line, let's see, line schedule. I mean, so they have the Vikings this week. They have to play the Dolphins. They play the Packers. They have to play the Bills. And, yeah, so I, I don't know. That's going to be tough. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they're not. Um, okay. As much as I want them to be, I don't think – I think they're going to have a great season. Um, I'm going to say they're not. My my desire is that they prove me wrong and they go and blow some teams out of the water. But I, until they shore up the defense more, which they're moving towards with getting Aiden Hutchinson, but until they can p- pitch some shutouts, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be tough. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I definitely – I think they, they could be. I think the NFC is weak. Um, but their defense does not look good. I mean, they let Washington back in the game last week. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was really – yeah, there are some winnable games for that. There's Cowboys, Jags, Jags, Jets, Panthers. But, uh, yeah, you have the Packers on there, Vikings, Vikings, Bills, Giants, Dolphins, and yeah, I, I don't think that's really they have what it takes to really take Yeah. Yeah. I as sad as it is, I don't think they're there yet. But I do think they're on the up and up, which is exciting. Yeah, they're gonna be a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Uh all right, Tim. You ready to uh reveal our pick records heading into to week three? Yes, before we do that, my I have one question. I wanted to did Curtis Samuel. Did Curtis Samuel was he injured last year? He was. He was out like all season. Okay. He is another guy that I think could possibly win comeback player of the year. I see that. Having just because I was thinking about he had a great week. He rushing and receiving, which I think is really interesting um for him. But so which is cool to see. But yeah, I think he's another guy that might that is that is up there. I was just thinking about that. But all right, let's reveal our pick records. Zach, what are the records going into week three for us? All right. Heading into week three, Tim, 18 correct picks, 12 incorrect picks, and the one tie, which will always be haunting us. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then myself, 20 correct picks, 10 incorrect, and then the tie as well. So we're, wow. we're neck and neck. Neck and neck. No, we're doing pretty well. I mean, we're picking more right than we are wrong, which is big. Uh, but this week, that could change, Tim. Yes. Because we are shaking things up. We we're, are. We're expert uh, pickers. So, uh, and so we got we to gotta make it a little harder. So, we're going to go Vegas style. We're going to pick the spreads. So, for those of you 
who need a little clarity on what picking on the spread looks like. Uh, so each game has a betting line. Now for this, every sports book has different spreads. We're using ESPN, though you might find something different elsewhere. Uh, but uh, the spread will work like this. For example, Thursday night, Brown Steelers. The spread is Cleveland minus five and a half points, which means this. If you pick Cleveland minus five and a half, they have to win by six or more in order to cover that spread. Uh, if you pick Pittsburgh, the opposite of minus five and a half would be plus five and a half. If you take Pittsburgh plus five and a half, they would have to lose within five points or just outright win to cover the spread. So that is how that works. Uh, if a spread isn't even like a flat number, which all of these are half points, so they won't be. But let's say it's minus three. Uh, if a team, if that team wins by three, uh, the game is considered a push and you make your money back. So if that happened for us, we just count it as a tie. Okay. Uh, but none of those are not present this week. So, any Tim, do you have any questions before we get No, I think that makes sense for me. I think that makes sense. Looking at, I'm looking at the, uh, my score app right now, um, and uh, the spreads, none of them are looking too crazy. So we'll see, but let's go. So let's start. We'll start Thursday night. So you said Browns are favored uh, by five and a half. Yeah. I'm actually curious. Let's see. Score and ESPN are a little bit. Let me, let me do some checking on. on so on the score app, they have, they have the Browns favored four and a half. I saw that. I'm going to check. Here, sing the Jeopardy song for just a second, Tim. Do 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 do. Go back. Okay. Uh, I believe, yeah, score is actually correct. I don't know where ESPN is pulling theirs. Uh, so let's go off of score. Okay, sweet. So Browns four by four and a half. Yeah. Do you think they cover that? Um, I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna say yes. I think if they win, I think it'll be more than that. So I'm going to, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to pick Browns and they're going to cover the spread, man. I'm going to be real. I, I want to, I think TJ Watt being out makes me more comfortable with the Browns. There is a chance. Miles Garrett does not play on Thursday. Mm-hmm. JV and Clowney is already out. Um, so I don't know if you'll let me do this, but I want to say Cleveland minus four and a half. But if Miles Garrett gets ruled out, I would change to Pittsburgh plus four and a half. Now, if you were going to make me lock it in right now, then I will say Cleveland. Um, I'll give it to you. I'll let you do that because if I'm going to lock in, and so then if if I win, I'm the I'm the more faithful Browns fan. So I'll let you have that. Uh, that's fine. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> I, I'm, I know I'm skeptical and pessimistic when it comes to the Browns. So. <laughs> all, right. all right, that's our first pick. We're agreeing for now. Uh, next up, Colts Chiefs. Chiefs favored by six and a half points. What you got? Dang. These are tough, these are tough spreads this week. Okay, so statistically, everything would say take the Chiefs. They The Colts have sucked, and the Chiefs have been kicking butt. Um, I'm not out on the Colts yet. Um. But I don't know if they're going to win this game. But it's only six and a half points. They don't have to win. What? If the Colts, they could, the Colts could lose. Yeah, but they have to be within 
a touchdown. Right. And not they can't be, and it actually less than a touchdown. So that's be within six or less points. It really depends. Do you think they can keep it close? Because if Jonathan Taylor gets taken out because the Chiefs are lighting up, you know what? I, here's what I'm gonna say. I'll I'm gonna do what you did with with Miles Garrett for this one. Okay. If Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce are gonna, if the receiving core is gonna be back, I'm gonna take the Colts. Okay. But if I, not, okay. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I respect it. Okay. Uh, I'm going KC six and a half outright. Um, okay. I think it's. I think there's a chance the Colts do it, but so far, man, Matt Ryan has, has looked bad, and uh, if Mahomes has looked unstoppable, so uh, that Colts defense is not any better than they were last year, and I think the Chiefs are going to kind of stand middle. It's at home for the Colts, and I think that helps. But I take the Chiefs money. So, all right, next game. Uh, Lions-Vikings. Vikings favored by six. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking Detroit plus six. Uh, I think the hard part – actually, I'm going to do it. Detroit plus six. I'm hesitant because I think Justin Jefferson is going to tear up their secondary. But I think, realistically, Jared Goff and Amara St. Brown can tear up Minnesota's secondary as well. But they yeah. have to be a close game. Yeah, I'm going to say Lions, too, um, because even though – I mean, in both games these past weeks, it's been close. Um, so, I think even if they lose, I think they'll keep it close, and I could very well see it within six points. So, I think I'm going to go Lions. Awesome. Uh, all right, next up, Baltimore, New England, Ravens, three-point favorites. Hmm. I don't know. What are you thinking for this one? I'm going Baltimore minus three. New England, their offense looks terrible. Yeah. And I don't think Baltimore necessarily looks unstoppable. Um, but I don't see Mac Jones in that wide receiver core doing anything close to what to it and the Dolphins did to them last Yeah. Week. I agree. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go same thing. I think I'm gonna say Ravens. Good stuff. All right, we're lining up for the most part, other than Kansas City Indy. Uh, the next one, uh, we got the Saints. With Jameis and the Panthers with Baker, Saints are three-point favorites. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to go Saints. I, the Panthers just don't give me any hope that they can do anything. So, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay Saints. These, these, yeah, these lines are, are close. So, it's they hard. Are but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Saints. All right. I'm going to go uh, – I'm going Carolina. Really? Uh, I think – this one's at home. Um, I am not – I mean, here's the thing. Jameis looked really bad last week. I, I'm a believer in Jameis, but he's either on or he's off, and he's more off than he is on. He's hurt. I think he has, like, four broken ribs or vertebrae or something like that. I think it's vertebrae. Mm-hmm. His back is, like, broken, uh, and that's not going to heal uh, unless he gets surgery. So I think Baker's not good, uh, but I think uh, Baker – will go off this week uh, against that New Orleans defense, and I think they, they cover the spread plus three. You know what's unfortunate? You saw the whole thing with Mike Evans and the Saints this past week. Um, Mike Evans, there's a, a particular New Orleans barbecue restaurant has banned Mike Evans for life. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's Poor funny. guy. I'm sure he probably never stepped foot in there anyway, but uh, he can't now, so that's a bummer. Yeah. 
So, all right, what do you got next? Uh, next up, we have Houston in Chicago. Chicago, this one surprises me. They are three-point favorites. I'm going Houston. I'm going Houston as well. I, the Bears look terrible. Yeah, and I think I think Houston I, – I think Houston will win it. Um, and, you know, I don't – yeah, I think they're going to win it. So, Agreed, agreed. All right, next up, Philly, Washington. Philly is a, a heavy uh, dog. Well, they're not a dog. They're not the underdog. They're the top dog. Seven-point favorite. Hmm. Oh, man. I'm going to go. You know, I'm going to I'm going to be kind of I'm going to say commanders. All right. I think I think they can cover the spread. I think they're I'm going to I'm going to say they can cover the spread. Uh, I'm going contrarian with you. I'm going Philly. Uh, I think Washington can cover the spread. I think the Eagles defense is starting to come together. And I think Carson Wentz throwing uh, into that secondary could end very badly. Uh, So I think they have what it takes. But I don't know if I trust Carson Wentz enough. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, this is a good one. This will be fun. Uh, Buffalo and Miami. Buffalo oh. is favored by five and a half points, <sighs> and it's in Miami. I mean, I'm I'm going Miami because I think this is going to be a close game, and I I think Miami could win it. But I think even if they lose, I think it'll be close. So I'm going to say Miami. Dude, okay, I'm going I'm going opposite again. I'm going Buffalo. Really? You're going against your Dolphins? Yeah, I love the Dolphins. I think the Bills are on – they have just looked unstoppable. Like, there's not a phase of their team that looks poor. Uh, that defense is balling. And I think like, – I like Miami, but Miami is just now entering, like, peak window. Buffalo's there. Uh, and so I think Miami and Buffalo just don't line up. Like, I think Miami is not quite on the same level yet. I think they can be and will be in the future. They're mm-hmm. not there yet. And so I think Tua's going to get shaken up by that pass rush, and he's going to get a little nervous. I think this will be a true test, but I think Buffalo's going to cover that spread. So, all right. Another good one. Uh, we have two elite quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and Joe Flacco. Uh, Bengals, four-and-a-half-point favorites away against the Jets. I'm going to go as I'm going to go New York. I think the Jets are going to – I think the Jets might take this riding the high of beating the Browns and uh, or they'll keep it close, but I'm going to go jets. Yeah. I picked Cincinnati last week, minus seven against the Cowboys and they lost. Um, I, I think they've got to do it. I think they're going to do it. I think, the I jets- don't know, dude, dude I, that O line 13 sacks, bro. I think eventually they got to get it figured out. And if you're going to – look, the reason we lost was because of bad defense. I think the Bengals will be okay in the secondary. Uh, it's Joe Flacco. I, do, I just got to go Cincinnati. I can't I can't pick the Jets. And I might look like a fool, uh, but that's okay. I'll take – I'm just – okay. I'm just going to be interested to see how they block Quinn and Williams. Quentin Williams, uh, he did get. Is he going to be playing? He got hurt in the Browns game. They, I think he's. I think he's good. Or and Quincy Williams. Quinn, Quinn, and Quincy are both. I'm going to be interested. Oh, I, I meant Quincy, not Quinn. Quincy Williams has oh, been falling. Mean. I mean, 
their their defense is sneakily good on the that D line. John Franklin Myers, Sheldon Rankins, like Yeah, I don't know, man. I think Burrow's gotta get it together at some point. They have so many weapons. And I think this Yeah, but I'm not just saying I'm saying that O line. I I mean they couldn't the I mean, I guess with the Cowboys, it's Micah Parsons and Mark Lawrence, but still, I'm going to go Jets. I think I think Joe Flacco has inspired that team right now. So I'm going to say they're on the Flacco fever. All right, we'll see what happens. Well, you should make some shirts. Flacco fever. I should. Flacco fever? I like that. That would be hype. Uh, I'd buy one. I would. Maybe we'll sell merch. Should we sell? Should we sell merch? Should we sell Flacco fever merch? We might be the only ones to buy them, but I think we should do it. I, I don't know. We might be able to get people to buy it. Here's all I'll say. Um, I'm going to add to this episode. I think I can add a poll. If you would buy a Flacco Fever shirt from us, I'll uh, if we can get if we can get at least like I don't know seven orders on top of us. So us and seven uh, us eight. We'll say eight. And we get eight people on top. So us and eight people, that's 10 total. I'll look into getting Flacco Fever t-shirts. All right. We get. We can also put a poll on Instagram. We can. Get yeah, we'll put a poll on Instagram. Guys. And I'll, I'll maybe make a mock-up and we'll show you what it would look like. Incredible. But I'm sweet. all in. I'm all in on that. Let's do it. All right. Next game. Uh, Raiders-Titans. Raiders, two and a half point favorites on the road. I'm going Raiders. I'm going Raiders as well. Titans look like cheats. They are bad. Uh, next game: Chargers, Jags. There's no spread here. Yeah, why is there? Is that there, a reason why? I on Fanduel it was uh Chargers minus seven earlier today. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm gonna go Chargers. Yeah, I think the Jags can do it. I don't think they will. So I would yeah. go Chargers as well minus seven. Let me uh, let me let me let me. All right, next up. Falcon Seahawks. This one's interesting too. This is to me like Chicago. Like I don't know why the Bears are favorites. Seahawks are minus two and a half point favorites at home against yeah. the Falcons. I'm going Atlanta. I think they have been in two close games that they have sold that they should they really they should have could have and should have won. Um but I think the Seahawks yeah, I just think Geno Smith is bad. And so I think I think I think the Falcons are going to get together and win this week. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Falcons. I agree. I'm rocking with that. My boy, Marcus Mariota. Desmond Ritter. That's another fun thing. Uh, I think Mariota could get benched by the end of the year. I don't Maybe. I mean, he, if right now he's not the problem, I mean, he's, no, he's playing not. well. The team is bad. Yeah. Also, Kyle Pitts. Uh, is a disappointment, and I'm yeah. frustrated with Arthur Smith for how he uses him. That's rough. But anyway, neither here nor there. Next up, uh, Rams at Cardinals. Rams minus three and a half. Mm. Man, this is a tough one. I'm going Rams minus three and a half. Uh, Sean McVay does not lose to Cliff Kingsbury, barring Trump. So that's where I go. Now, trends are meant to be broken. Uh, but Arizona, usually they come out hot at the beginning of the year. This year they have not. Week one was a struggle. And last week they did come back, but they looked bad for three quarters. Yeah, I'm going to say I think I'm going to go Rams too. All right. 
next up, Green Bay, Tampa. This will be a fun one. Tampa is favored by two points at home. That's interesting. I, I mean, I guess it's not interesting, but um, I'm going to say Packers. Uh, I mean, the Buccaneers defense has been really good, and I no doubt, but they also have not played Aaron Rodgers. Um, they've played against James, uh, a broken-ribbed Jameis Winston and half game against Dak and a half game against Cooper Rush. So I think it's going to be – playing against Aaron Rodgers is always a different animal. And Tom Brady looks washed. That was another one of my uh, overreactions we talked about. Tom Brady looks bad. Like, he looks old, and which is rough because with, with how much this season is affecting his home life, you don't want to – he's probably going to have to retire after this year. Oh, for sure. And you, and you wouldn't want this year to be this bad. So I'm, I'm going Packers, hoping Tom Brady can turn it around so we, he can go out on a high note, but he looks, he looks old. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Green Bay wins this. Uh, yeah, Tampa, I mean, outside of just Brady, a lot of injuries are racking up. That O-line is beaten up. The defense is a little bit injured. Uh, and the receiving court is just – I mean, Mike Evans is out now. Um, Julio Jones looks like he'll still be out. Chris Godwin's questionable but probably doubtful. So you have Russell Gage and then Cole Beasley was just signed to the practice squad. Yeah. That does not inspire confidence in me. Green Bay has receiver problems. But at least they've all practiced together and played games together. Uh, I Yeah, I'd take Green Bay as well. So uh, next one is San Francisco at Denver. The Niners are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. I'm going the Niners because I think Nathaniel Hackett is a terrible coach as of right now. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's a great coach. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Broncos. Um, I think even if Hackett's a bad coach, I think, I think Russ – Russ is going to get into a groove here soon, so I think I think I'm going to go. I'm going to put my trust in Russell Wilson, um, and I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Broncos. All right, last game of the week, Monday Night Football, Cowboys Giants. What a snoozer! Cooper Rush, Daniel Jones. Uh, Giants are two and a half point favorites at home. Who you got? I'm going to go Giants. I'm going to like I said. I, I, I'm I'm going to put like I was putting my faith in Russ. I'm going to put my faith in Saquon for this one, um, and you know. If your trend continues about backup quarterbacks, Cooper Rush should have a horrible game. So I think Giants are going to get this one. And the Giants, if that happens, will be 3-0, and which I don't think has ever happened in the history of the world. So, <laughs> Yeah, man, I think the Giants are going to do it. I think they are going to go 3-0. Uh, and, yeah, they're going up against uh, a defense that their pass rush is good, but that's that's about it. Uh, so I think this is one's game to win. Uh, and, yeah, I think Cooper Rush. I think the trend will continue. It's prime time. It's on the road in New York. Uh, I don't see any way uh, that he can win on a stage like that. So, I'm going yeah. to minus two and a half as well. Nice. Well, we got our picks in. We were pretty We were pretty aligned this week. Um, so, and I think also because thinking a little more deeply about it. But um, I will, I'll be interested to see how it happens. So, yeah, well, that'll be week three. Now, do you have a, a perfect – Perfect five parlay for us this week. I do, Timothy. I do. Alrighty. Uh, so last week, uh, unforeseen circumstances really tanked the parlay. Uh, here, here's the situation uh, that we faced: uh, the the collapse of the Browns. Now, the Jets scored a lot of points. I didn't expect that. Uh, so the under forty and a half did not hit. Miami plus three and a half did hit. Cincinnati obviously is bad. Uh, so seven and a half was not going to hit. 
Houston did cover nine and a half in Chicago, uh, passed the ball 11 times, even though they were down the whole game and they did not cover. Uh, so the parlay did not go that well this week. Dang, only two out of five. Two out of five. And the alternate pick, Pittsburgh plus two and a half, uh, also did not hit because I think they lost by three. So here is the perfect play parlay for this week. Uh, I think there's a good chance. I, I, I'm confident. I'm confident. I'm going Baltimore minus three at New England. I don't know how they're only three-point favorites considering the, the talent disparity on offense between the two teams. Okay. Uh, Kansas City and the Colts, I'm going under 49 and a half points. Uh, it hit 50 would imply like, I don't know, a 27 to 23 ball game. Uh, I think the Colts offense has yet to uh, prove much to me. And uh, the Chiefs offense is good, but they haven't like, even when they beat the Chargers, they didn't even put up 30. I don't think they need to. So I don't think it's going to be a 50-point total. I'm going under there. Texans plus two and a half versus the Bears. Um, we've talked about that one already. Falcons, the money line, which just didn't win outright uh, over the Seahawks. And then the Rams money line as well over the Cardinals. $50 wager would bring uh, about $1,100. So that's what we're looking at this week. And uh, I don't have an alternate pick yet, but when I put it on Instagram, uh, I will have a backup for those of you who feel afraid of one of those five picks. But I'm confident, Tim, this this is it. This is the week. Yeah, that's a pretty good – I think looking at some alternates, I think uh, I think if you go Giants-Cowboys, un, they're under on there because they're – I mean, they're under 39 and a half. I think you could get that because um, both – I mean, they have – I don't even – like they have not scored much points, you know. Yeah, this could be the week. You know, Cooper Rush could throw four touchdowns. I don't. I don't think that will happen. I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, let's see. The Giants have scored a total of exactly forty points. Yeah. So they've in two weeks they've scored exactly forty points. They only put up nineteen against the Panthers, twenty-one against the Titans. I think the Cowboys' defense is better than that, and the Cowboys have put up a total of. Uh, I think twenty three points. So, I think I think I think a good back. I think a good backup would be taking the under on that game. Um. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's a good one. I agree. Now let's so so fifty dollar wager hundred and thousand oh, is eleven hundred dollars. Yes, sir. Five dollar wager would it be a hundred and ten dollars? Uh, do some brief math on that. Is that how uh, it works? I'm not sure how uh, this all works in actuality. Well, put a five dollar wager in because I don't have 50 bucks to put in, but let me do the math. Let me see if I can get a five dollar wager. I'll do I'll do a five dollar wager on your perfect five and I will I will roll right. with you. I'm uh, I'm punching it in. Five dollars will get you. Yep, one hundred ten dollars. Dang. Okay. All right. Well, we'll do you want we'll... me to put five dollars on for you? Um. Yeah. You know what, Zach? Do it. Put five dollars on for me. I'll Venmo you. I'll Venmo you. Well, actually, here's the problem. Uh, I still with the way that my account is and the money that I'm playing with from the free bet. I won't get the money, uh, but you also cannot sports bet in Ohio. 
So you're kind of. Well, I can if I use other ways. That's true. Do you want to just do it that way? I maybe I don't, I don't know I don't know. We'll hold. <laughs> well, we'll wait, but you off. won't get the money back. But what if you win? I thought. Yes. Well, for sure, but I don't know when. I wouldn't necessarily. We'll figure it out. Off, wait, off what do you mean you don't know? So all this money just doesn't exist for you? It does, but I have to rebet it and then win it back. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So if you you if you rebet five of the dollars that you already won. Well, no, no, no. I have to make like all of the money that I won. I won like twenty four hundred. Oh, you have to make all of it back. I have to break even first. And then you can start using it. And then I get the money. Yes. Oh, well, that's that's rough. But I still get to bet it. So I'm betting for yeah. free. We'll see. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do my own ways. All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, sweet. Well, uh, this has been Red Zone Coffee Talk. Great episode. Uh, we're getting ready for a wild week three. Um, but a couple things you guys need to do. Go follow us on Instagram at Red Zone. Isn't it? Is it Red Zone Coffee Talk? It is at Red Zone Coffee Talk. We we put po- we got posts and stories. Go fo- so go follow. Tell your friends. Share the podcast. Let's get it moving. Let's let's get this popular. We're 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 increasing in number each each episode. And I mean Zach and I are just doing this for fun. But hey, we'll whoever wants to listen. We love talking football, and it's been it's been really fun. Um, Flacco Fever T-shirts. If you're interested. Go on the Instagram poll and like it, or uh, yeah, go on the uh, the poll on this episode that'll be on Spotify, um, possibly Apple Podcasts. I'm trying to get there, um, but uh, yeah, go and tell us that. Maybe we'll get that working. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have for you to do. Follow us on Spotify, on Instagram, all that jazz. Um, is that any? Am I missing anything, Zach? Is there anything important we have to do before we end the episode? Uh, you are missing one thing, and that is our weekly uh, what is it, outro song. Oh, our weekly outro song. How could I forget? How could you so, forget? Yeah. So we we're gonna this week. Um, I think we're gonna give homage to a beautiful state down south, um, kind of southeast, uh, West Virginia. So Zach, I'm gonna I'll do the intro, and then we'll start singing. You know. You know the beginning of the song. You know, it's like. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is old there, older than the trees. I don't know all the words. Younger than the mountains. All right, go to the chorus. Country roads, Country roads, take me home. Take away, Zach. To the place I belong. West Virginia. Mountain mama. Mountain mama. Take me home. Country roads. I'll take you home this week. It's the perfect plate parlay. So put $50 on that bad boy. And make sure you split 50% of it with your boys. Yes, that is the perfect thing to do. This has been Red Zone Coffee Talk. We will see you next week for week three. Have a great weekend. Bye.